By the way, Simon Wilson has written a piece for the Herald today saying it is different calling Chris Hipkins Chippy to calling the Prime Minister Cindy. Both of them don't like their nicknames, but he reckons there's a difference in both of those. We will talk to the Huddle about that very shortly. The Huddle is with us right now. We've got David Farah, Kiwi Bullog, and Curia Polster, and also Kane Thompson, former Labour Party press sec. Hi, you two. Hello. Right, we'll get to that in a tick. David, bold move from Chris Luxon today, do you think? Yes, and it's the right thing. It would look bad for you to go to Rasanah and only say things that the audience want to hear. This is going to be a major issue this year. I don't, you, know, you don't want to overplay it and have your whole speech about that, but I thought it was brave and the right thing to do to say, for the record, we want to improve things, but we don't think this is the way to go for public services. Yeah, strong start, eh, Kane? And and makes things a little bit difficult for the incoming Prime Minister, Chris Hipkins, because it really draws a line in the sand on co-governance. He's going to have to respond to that. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it, to um, cheer an, an MP on or a politician on for being courageous, because it's not their favourite word, but um, <laughs> interesting place to interesting place to make the comment. Look, I don't, I don't think it's an ill-chosen comment. I think they're a fair, a fair reflection of the party's position and his position. And basically what he's saying is, look, it's ill-defined. We don't know what co-governance means, and you haven't done a great job at, at helping us to understand what you mean. So... Um, could you do a better job at, at defining it? Yeah, absolutely. Um, but I think at the same time, to be opposed to something that you haven't quite figured out what it means is, is a little bit strange. Um, the fear of co-governance is an interesting one. Uh, New Zealand's got a long tradition of co-governance already, so um, the fear is probably more about change rather than it is about co-governance concept itself, I think. Although, Kane, is the fear about the fact that we've had a lot of co-governance in the natural resources space, right? So rivers, uh, parks and so on, but not so much in the delivery of services, like the health system. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and that's, um, that's changed, right? And, but that's, um, that's those are two completely different concepts. And just because you support one does not necessarily mean that you support the other. They are, but it's not necessarily about co-governance as a thing. It's more about what co-governance um, means. And, and I think Luxon is right in, in that he's asking for some definition around that. But look, the way that we manage water, the way that we manage land, the way that we um, apply a Māori worldview to, to how we farm in New Zealand, these are all things that we've come to get used to. It's not necessarily about um, six people on one side and six people on the other side sitting at a table. It's much more about the approaches taken to how New Zealand manufactures goods for the, for the economy. David, what do you reckon? I reckon Carmel, Cipollone and Labour are going to have to come up with a better strategy than just accusing Chris Luxon and the Nats of racism or racking racism up. What do you think? Yeah, look, that appeals to the base. It doesn't appeal to, to swinging voters at, at all. And as we've just talked about, you know, we don't all understand the context in which people do co-govern. I think with respect, this was Jacinda's greatest failing in this space, is she's such a great orator when she wants to be. Where was her speech laying out the vision for New Zealand of making the case that, look, co-governance and public services is a good thing because it allows you to work together to design it better so it's more effective. You can make that case. But the government's never done it. They've sort of tried to say, oh, it's no big thing. We've done it before. It's just a bit more. And that's why you've got people so worked up. And, and you think when people say, well, just a sec, what about this? You call them racist. Mm. Up until 2017, there was effectively no co-governance of public services. That's an entirely new concept. So to say, oh, you're racist because 
you're against this new thing that's never been done before when we talk about public services as opposed to, as you point out, assets. I, I think just not good for New Zealanders' ability to have a debate. Well, it kind of underscored exactly the point that he was making, right, which was that he was saying the debate has become divisive and immature, and then she calls him a racist, which you know looks divisive and immature. Back of the huddle, David Farrah, Kane Thompson, Kane, what do you make of Fonterra's instruction to farmers not to kill the bobby calves? Yeah, tough one. Um, look, I, I'd first acknowledge the importance of primary industries to New Zealand's economy, and in and, 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 and doing so, you have to acknowledge that New Zealand's farmers are the best what they do in the world, and long may it continue. Um, and, and in saying that, I think it's important to also acknowledge that New Zealand farmers have done lots of things that around the world haven't been done before. So, you know, we haven't gone down the industrial farming route. We've, we've gone for open pastures. We've gone for um, the approach that we have in New Zealand, which has led to the brand that we have here. This is a challenge. It's a huge one. Um, and, and ultimately, dairy cattle raised for, for beef uh, lower emissions and the largest producer of emissions by sector in New Zealand is farming. So we can't just ignore it. We have to adapt. But I will say that this is a sector that is particularly adept at um, changing their methods and, and making it work. David, I feel like it's one of those things that's very easy to just issue an edict on because mm-hmm. you can't actually enforce it. We have no idea how many bobby calves there are out there. No, and look, it's almost a bit ridiculous. First, there's a bloke I'm against the bobby calf concept because it's like gender selection at its worst. If you're a <laughs> male fag, you go. But when you look at what Fonterra or someone in the article said, was about they should be given an opportunity to have a meaningful life. I'm sorry, but the the choice has been killed soon after birth or being allowed to eat grass for a year and then be turned into veal. I know yeah. that's my concept I mean, this of is, a meaningful life. Yeah, well, fair enough. I mean, this is just bowing to townies, isn't it? But anyway, that's what happens. Hey, Kane, Peter Beck, Rocket Lab founder, has got a very fair point, hasn't he, where he says if you want to do really well as an entrepreneur, as a startup founder here in New Zealand, you need to get out of New Zealand. Yeah, I think there's some truth in that, actually. Um, New Zealand's great at startups. Our startup rate is amongst the highest in the world, probably because we're the easiest country in the world to do business and to start a business for a whole range of reasons, and we have been for a long time. But in terms of um, the New Zealand way of, of doing business, we can get to a place where we've got enough money to buy the batch, we've got enough money to buy the boat, we've got enough money to go on holidays yeah. and leave the kids something. But we, we don't take the extra step. And if you look at a country like Australia or, you know, the obvious example of America, there's aspiration to do more and to be bigger. So I think there is an advantage in taking business concepts overseas to understand the point of the value chain that New Zealand companies can enter. Look at Fisher & Paykel. Um, you know, they've done that and they've become one of the great forces in, in kitchen appliances around the world. Um, and, and there are lots of other opportunities for New Zealand business to do that. So, may- yeah, and part I agree. Yeah, totally. And David, he makes the point that when we lose a business overseas, instead of celebrating it like we ought to, because it, it's grown up and, and gone out and will eventually come back, we, we kind of, we, we turn it into a negative, don't we? Yeah, like when Zero uh, went from New Zealand Stock Exchange to Australian Stock Exchange, some people were saying, oh, this is a betrayal, this is terrible. Mm. And I'm just like, no, great, they're becoming global. They've got most of their investors are now overseas. They're still employing you know, thousands of people in New Zealand. What's interesting with Peter Beck's comments is he obviously did see a rocket lab from within New Zealand. So he did once think this is a great place to do it, and he doesn't anymore. So I'd love to see someone ask him, 
is this more just a revelation or have things changed mm, yeah. to get you to this point? Okay, guys, I need your take on this, right? Simon Wilson's written a column today. He says, it's okay to call Chris Hipkins chippy, but it's wrong to call Jacinda Ardern Cindy. Both of them hate those nicknames, Kane. So what's the difference? Um, I don't think there is a difference, actually. I humbly disagree with uh, Simon uh, on that point. If they don't like it, don't call them that. I, I, you know, it's, it's as simple as that for me. David? Well, look, I, I think his premise is wrong. I don't think Chippy minds being No, no, it. David, that wasn't his <laughs> premise. Called... That's my premise. So he writes, yeah. it's okay. He says, why is it okay to call Chip, uh, Chris Hipkins Chippy when it's wrong to call Ardern Cindy? Because Chippy is a term of friendliness. Cindy is an insult. Now, I had Chris Hipkins on the show yesterday, and I asked him off air, do you really dislike being called Chippy? And he was like, yeah, it's not great, but I've, I've just accepted it. So he doesn't like it. Yeah, okay, that's really interesting. Um... But he's never made it known. Right? To be fair with the Cindy stuff, no one ever called Jacinda Cindy naturally. She once said in an interview, was there any name you don't like or something? And she said, oh, I hate Cindy. I got called at school. And for those who don't like Jacinda, they immediately started calling her Cindy. So it never came from a good albeit mistaken place. Yep. The chippy one, I think, comes from a good place. Those who call Jacinda Cindy are doing it because they think, oh, that's Motivation. Yeah, that's a fair yeah. point. All right, guys, thank you for that. Both of you, David Farrah, Kiwi blogger and Curia Polster, and also Kane Thompson, former Labour Party press secretary.